Welcome to Thrive Radio, expert visionary and innovative business, life, and relationship advice to live a life of doing the impossible with your host, Amy Montgomery. Amy Montgomery, entrepreneur and digital marketing agency owner. Today, my guest is Dr. Sarah Langley. She is a trusted mentor, leader, and advisor for women leaders everywhere. She's an award-winning global empowerment speaker, leadership development coach, career consultant, licensed clinical psychotherapist, diversity and inclusion corporate trainer, best-selling author, and TEDx presenter. Dr. Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Amy, for having me. I'm so excited. We're going to have so much fun. Yes. Can you share a little bit about your journey and how you really, how did you decide to focus on leadership? Sure. So my background is psychology. I'm one of those people who I can say that I've been in the same field since I was 14, meaning that my first job was a camp counselor. I didn't have the luxury of saying, oh, I was able to be a carpenter and then I went to school for magic and to be a magician. And now I turned into the psychologist. It's like, I just stayed the course. But then I realized that in my work, when I first started my private practice in my home, in the basement of my home, might I add, I, I just, I just love my journey. I ended up counseling couples and Amy, I am not even married. But hey, couples came to me. They didn't ask me if I was married. And my focus was really on helping them to reconcile the relationship, which I could talk about. But what helped to flesh that out was more about when I would see the couples individually. I would see the husband, I would see the wife. And the wives were the ones that were talking about how they felt like something was missing in their life. They felt like they weren't a leader. They felt that they weren't an authority figure. They felt like there was more to them than just being a wife, a mother, a career woman. And that's where I said, what? I think we're onto something. I think this is something that I need to do is revolutionize women in leadership. And that's how it really birthed out from just working with the women who were married, looking for something more than what their roles and titles were. They really wanted to be leaders in their own right. And that's exactly how I ended up helping them become leaders. Amazing. Walking through your journey, what are you grateful for? Oh, goodness. I am so grateful for so many things. The, one of the many things that I am grateful for is to have this gift to counsel, this gift to mentor, this gift to guide. I don't, I feel like entrepreneurship is a calling. It's more than just making money. It's more than just getting the house on the hill and the white picket fence or the great, great car. It really is a calling and a purpose that's helping to transform lives worldwide. I am so grateful for my gift to counsel. I swear by myself. I I mean, I think I do a great job. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) How do you help leaders deal with imposter syndrome? Oh, that's a great question. So first and foremost, we need to understand what imposter syndrome is. And so my definition of it is more of um, finding inadequacies about yourself, despite of your successes. You can have all the successes in the world glaring at you, beaming in your face, and you still find something wrong. You still find something that makes you insecure, makes you feel inadequate, make you feel less than that. Oh, because we are comparing. That's really the biggest thing is that we're always comparing and whatever we consider as the standard versus us being able to create the standard that we are our own standard. So how I help with dealing with imposter syndrome is first understanding what it means. What is the source? What is the impetus? Why are you having this? And just to understand when it comes to imposter syndrome, it's all about the fact that our minds, our brains are created in survival mode. It's to serve us and to protect us. So if 
is also to try to humble ourselves so that we don't think that we're so, oh my gosh, so conceited or think that we're so bigger and larger than life than anybody else is that we've forgotten where we come from or forgetting everyone. And we're just thinking about ourselves and being quote unquote air quotes I'm putting up, selfish. I encourage people to be selfish. And here's why, it's because of the fact that you need to first make yourself a priority so that you are not, oh my gosh, one of my clients used to say that she was running on E with thousands of miles to go. And it's a matter of being able to replenish your own cup, to recharge, to refuel, so that then you can be able to start to eliminate imposter syndrome by being able to identify where it comes from, how did it start, and then start actually shifting your mindset to look at and to embrace and to accept and own your successes unapologetically and guiltlessly. Yeah, that's that's usually the way that I go about it with my, many of my clients and they have all have appreciated that, especially when I tell them that give yourself permission to be selfish or to be your top priority and it's okay to do just that. Perfect. So when it comes to believing in ourselves and becoming more confident, how can we work on this in our lives to be um, better leaders? Again, being able to identify what are your successes, what are your wins, um, you can now actually tap within yourself. A lot of times we're being led by external factors. Again, what will make us seem great to other people as if we're living for the, the, the praise, the accolades from everyone else versus being able to tap into your purpose, to tap into who you truly are. Amy, it's, it's amazing how I would ask my clients, usually when I first start sessions, I'll, when I first start working with them, I usually will ask them, do you know who you are? Do you know what you want? And while that sounds so simple of a question, it seems to be so hard to answer because we got so lost in the sauce of trying to please and make everybody proud and um, be acceptable and, and whatever it is, the latest trend that we should be doing and following in this year. However, I help them to now reverse that or go back to the beginning, which is yourself. And to now look at who you are, discovering who you are, what are your desires? What are your likes? What are your interests? Um, what are you great at? And it's okay to puff or toot your own horn. It's okay to be proud of what you're able to do that other people may or may not be able to do. But you're able to now confidently use your gifts and talents and what you are here and what you want to be known for. What is your indelible mark or your legacy. I'm very big on that, especially with working with women in leadership. What legacy, what contribution do you want to leave behind that you want to be known for, or more so, what type of impact you want to make when you're long gone and that your impact, your name, your, your legacy still um, goes on with or without you. I said that to say when it comes to confidence is really starting to look at who you are, what do you want, what are your desires, and also understanding and knowing and accepting and owning and embracing your successes, your wins, great or small because of the fact that who you are, when we look at our handprint, there's no one else that has our handprint which is it's unique. And so being able to really look at it from that perspective that you have, you are here on purpose, you're here for a reason, and that that should help you to start at least start to build the confidence within yourself that you have a story to, to tell and you have a mark to leave on this earth. What's usually at fault when we start to lose our passion at work or we feel like things aren't as great as they used to be? The fault is usually because of the fact, again, we're too busy trying to please. I, I find that many women leaders in particular have a challenge with saying no, and they have to say yes to everything because, hey, we're nurturers. We're built as nurturers, and it's in us to really help and make sure that everyone is okay. But my challenge 
to that is, and I wrote a book about this, it's called It's Your Turn Now, Seven Secrets to Living Life on Your Own Terms. And in that book, I talk about how it's about reprioritizing your life and making yourself first and top priority guiltlessly and unapologetically. And I say that to say, when we are too busy saying yes to everything because of the fact of how we were conditioned, how we were taught, how we were trained at a very young age, it's like now, does that still serve us to date as adults? Does that still serve us where we are making everyone first and making ourselves dead last and getting the short end of the stick when we don't have to? We can absolutely make ourselves priority and still be replenished, refueled, um, recharged, that then we can be able to pour to everyone else as opposed to being depleted and, and fragmented and broken. That doesn't serve anyone, not even yourself. And Marianne Williamson had talked about that, that the fact that we are playing small, it doesn't serve anyone, but rather we need to really truly be who we really are, mind, body, and spirit. And so we start to now make ourselves priority, self-care, making sure that we are replenished and full, then we can now be able to go at the capacity that we never even dreamed of or thought or imagined that we do have within us. When it comes to burnout, what are some of the ways that we can avoid it? We can avoid burnout by, again, making ourselves priority. Self-love is the best love. Self-care is the best care. And it goes beyond, oh my gosh, it goes beyond going to the nail salon. It goes beyond going to the spot. Those things help. I, I read a meme actually on social media. Someone was saying, this is a myth and I just really want to correct this. Um, going to the nail salon doesn't relax me. <laughs> And there was a slew of comments that was just like, hallelujah, thank you for someone. Thank you that you said that because I don't find it relaxing at all. And I was just so like taken by that because <laughs> it seems like that was the story to go with. Like, oh, we go get our nails done. We go get our hair done. And that's, that's relaxing. We'll go to the spa. It can help, but it's not enough. We need to now, to avoid burnout, we have to first be able to understand where, again, always go to the source. Go back to where it started. Where did it start to go downhill for you? Where if you're giving of yourself too much, giving too much time to something and not enough time to yourself, we have to be able to identify what is the source of our burnout. Even mentally, a lot of times everything is based on how you think and that determines how you behave. If you go back on what are your thoughts, you think that you need to be all in and go the extra mile and make sure that everybody's okay. And that's going to give you the praise and accolades and appreciation. And then finding out oftentimes that you may not get the appreciation or the gratitude that you were looking for. And then now you're even more upset or pissed off <laughs> that you did that for nothing. I would say, go to the source, find out your source of, of burnout. And then from there, you start shifting your mindset and start thinking of yourself and treating yourself as top priority without the guilt, without the apology. And that's where you start to do more than just the spa days and doing the, um, the, the nail salons and getting your hair done. But you actually now make time to really relax, replenish, doing things that you enjoy. Amy, I find that a lot of times we just, we give up the things that we enjoy the most mm -hmm. and it doesn't serve anyone. It doesn't serve ourselves. But I would really encourage many of us to go back to what we love, what we enjoy, and you'll find that that will give you the momentum and the energy that is required and needed so that now you reprioritize yourself and you're able to now help everyone else. Yeah, I absolutely love that, especially because I was one of the workaholics out mm -hmm. there and I didn't really 
I wouldn't say that I had consistent hobbies because I thought I am, I'm artistic, but I would think, well, if I made a craft or I did something like that, what's the point? Like, I'm not going to, unless it was a business or if I was going to re- right. produce something. And I finally uh, started to go out and do all of the hobbies and things and bring balance to my life that way. And now it's, it got me off the gerbil wheel and I actually enjoy yes. it and giving yourself permission just to do things just because they're fun. They don't have to be perfect. Yeah. They don't have to be really amazing and they don't have to produce anything in your life. Exactly. That's awesome. I'm glad that you added and said that Amy, because I think that that needs to be reiterated. That it's not for a, a substantial result that that turns into money or business deals, but it just brings you joy. It just brings you peace. I love looking at old movies. I love um, singing. I love dancing. I love traveling. I love going in my car and being able to look at the the scenery or the or the sky or the sun. That brings me joy, and it really does wonders to my mental clarity, my emotional stability, my mental health, and, and talking to my clients and giving them those tips, they have come, they swore by it. They came back and said, yes, that was amazing that I did the things that I enjoy. And it really has done wonders to my life. I remember empowering my clients, um, especially those who are mothers. This one particular client who came to me for a session and her challenge was she wanted to start her business, but she still had her children, but her children were already out of the house. They were already 18 and 21, going to college. (laughs) And she was so used to being in their lives because um, their father wasn't in their lives. So she pretty much was the father and the mother. She was everything to those children, but she'd done a great job and they went about their lives and they wanted their mom to actually go ahead and pursue her desires and her dreams. And so I had encouraged her. I said, or I had invited her to look at it from a different perspective, to look at it as she served her, her, her capacity and her position in her children's lives as the nurturer, as the caregiver. And now it, the role has changed to now coach, where she's now in, encouraging them. She's empowering them for them to live their lives and pursue their dreams and their aspirations. And it doesn't it mean that she has to continue to mother them. She's still going to be the mother, but not to not in the, in the degree that she did when they were babies, when she found herself and the children still found her doing those things with her, uh, with them. I, I invited her to look at it from a different perspective and to uh, that she could give herself permission that what she'd done her part to look at the fact that she has accomplished so much on what she's done for her children and that they were going ahead and pursuing their own lives and dreams. So it's like, it's, it may be time to cut the umbilical cord like you did the first time when they first came here. Sometimes we got to look at what things are we needing to cut off if it's kids. And I'm not saying that you need, <laughs> I had to say all that to say, because I don't want this to be an uproar. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> telling y'all to get rid of y'all children. But sometimes you got to look and relook at the position and the role that you play in their lives so that you can now live your life. Otherwise, you're still adding that extra burden where you don't have to unnecessarily. Um, and in the end, for that particular client, when she finally saw the light and she had given herself permission, she started dating and the kids didn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> they did not like that. It's like, wait a minute. We just thought that you were going to pursue your business. We didn't know that you were going to pursue love. And mama was like, look, th- this is what I want. I didn't t- tell you all this, but this is also what I want. That was that, that, that was an interesting conversation there, but she was happy. She started to pursue, pursue her dreams, her man. And everything was happily ever after because she gave herself permission to do that. I love that. That's clearly one of your success stories. Can you share a couple of other ones with us? Oh, sure. 
my one client who she was not happy with what she was doing. She was always saying yes to everything. I actually created a quiz and, and a blueprint on the limited leader syndrome. And so there's a, you know, quite a few questions that you ask, that's just your answer to find out the type that you are. And this particular type of um, character that this particular client was, she was more of Yolanda, yes. She was always saying yes to please everyone. And we had to go to the source as to where that was coming from. And a lot of times, Amy, I find that people are really living out stories from their childhood and trying to resolve it in their adult lives, but not understanding or realizing that chronologically, chronologically, they're the ages that they are, but they're still stuck in time with something that has happened that they weren't able to resolve a trigger, a trauma that has happened. I had to help the client to look back to the source as to, okay, where is this coming from? Why are you not giving yourself permission to go higher? There's so many things that you want to do. You want to start your business. You want to be a coach. You want to level up in your company and become VP for it. Like you want so many things, but yet you're still answering to that critical voice in your head that can sometimes represent our parents. And to understand, you have to thank it, you have to bless it, you have to let it go so that you can live your life. And, and the, the benefit of working with me is that I'm licensed as a clinical psychotherapist. Not only am I able to coach and also consult, but I also have the capacity to counsel. So they get the, the best of, of all three worlds and being able to work with me. In doing that and helping the client to see that she was able to bless it, let it go, help her to really tap into her child or her inner child and to say, what, we're an adult now and it's okay for me and I give myself permission to live my life. And now she's a VP. Oh my God, it was such an amazing time when she had told me that she had made it to VP at, at her company and how she's starting her coaching services with a bunch of young, aspiring um, entrepreneurs or not entrepreneurs, but people at her job that she has been assigned to oversee, but she wants to actually provide count, uh, coaching services to them. And she started to do that. And because we started to work on that towards um, the end of last year so that she can go ahead and launch that. So she made it to VP. She's living out her dreams. She's making more money. She's very happy and successful. And that was so amazing just to be a part of her journey and see her evolve. Yeah, that was yeah. awesome. Those are amazing stories. If you were able to give yourself one piece of advice when you first started out in your business, what would it be? Be kind, be kind to yourself. I, I remember I was, oh my gosh, I was so self-critical. It's interesting, Amy, not only am I able to help clients and serve them in the capacity that I do and have been for I've been in, in the mental health industry for nearly 30 years. I've been in uh, the coaching industry for like 10 years. And just to see how I first started business, not only am I helping clients the way that I have because of my professional background, but also my personal experience. And so I was very self-critical. And I am um, proud to say I'm a recovering perfectionist. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh my gosh, I, I was like, wow, I really was beating myself up during the beginning stages of my career because I felt like I should be further ahead than I was and always finding something wrong. And that's why I have the empathy and, and the capacity to really empathize with clients when they're self-critical, when they're 
comparing themselves, when they feel like they're not good enough, when they feel like there's so much in them, but all they know is just the roles and titles. I can speak to that because I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt and keychain. So now it helps me to help them to see it differently and get different results. And I will gladly say that it is a matter of being kind, be kind to yourself and trust the process because the process in and of itself, all things work together for the good, regardless. It always works out in the end anyway. Perfect. And if there's someone that's listening and they would love to get a hold of you to check out your services and possibly hire you, what's the best way to contact you? You can go to my website, drsarahrenelangley.com. You can also email us at hello at drsarahrenelangley.com. Um, and please feel free to follow me on social media. I'm on all the social media platforms. They all is Dr. Sarah Renee Langley. So okay. yes, please, please feel free. And actually, if you do decide to go to my website, which I hope you do, you'll also get a free gift when you sign up for my VIP subscriber list. Awesome. And I'll put that link down below. Dr. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your expertise today. This was fun. I'm so thankful to you, Amy. Thank you so much for trusting me to even speak to your audience and to share what I was able to share. Thank you. I really appreciate you and your time today. Yeah, thank you so much. And if you're listening, you want more information about this podcast and upcoming shows, you can visit thrive.com. Thank you, everyone, and have a wonderful